Alexander here, Vivid Nectar Podcast, episode 260. It's been about two or three weeks since the last episode, which was on Christmas Day. I gave y'all a Christmas present and then I sort of dipped for a bit. Took a, took a little vacation, you know what I'm saying? And here we are, not in 2022, 2023, new year by new year. You know, we got a, we got a different number on the calendar. And throughout this episode, we're going to be discussing... A couple things, starting off with new year resolutions and goals, expectations surrounding the new year, which is a fun discussion in itself. Over the past two weeks, I've been doing some, I've been doing some Uber at night and it's been really, really fun. I love having conversations with people in the whip. If they feel like talking, you know, there's some people that don't want to talk at all. And it's like, all right, that's cool too. I I don't mind not talking. I'm going to listen to my music or my podcast. And I'm going to make sure you make it home safe. Um, some discussions that have come with, um, you know, meeting people from, I would like to say all around the world to a certain degree, but whether they're flying out from somewhere or locals and some interesting topics ranging from these ri- rights, coming from these rights. So New Year's resolutions, the one following this is going to be, I don't know how to exactly say it, but tackling, not necessarily tackling, but being in an emotional state and not wanting to leave your house, not wanting to leave your comfort zone, not wanting to go out, engage with other people, be social just because, you know, you're going through a breakup, whatever the case is, and you don't want to cry in public. I know it's, it's a bit everywhere. We're going to smooth it out here before the sep- uh, this second topic. I got y'all being okay with crying in public, not letting your your fear of not controlling your emotions be the reason you don't go out and engage with other other people, make good memories. And, you know, there's a conversation I had with the passenger. Can I say passenger? I don't want to say the name. I don't want to say that your name, dog. I don't know if I'm, <laughs> you end up seeing this going through the internet. And then I say your name. It's like, damn, bro. I, I th- you know, it was sort of a more or less intimate conversation. So for the sake of privacy, I won't be saying the names of the people that I have these conversations with. Well, basically expressing yourself in public is going to be a major topic for this episode. Uh, from here, white girls love SZA. Drunk white girls love SZA. Um, and also, I lost my drunk passenger. Well, I would have lost my drunk passenger experience, I guess I would say. Listen, I ain't never had no one throw up in the car. I've never had no one throw up in the car. And throughout these past couple of weeks, there's been this anticipation like, oh, no, no one's thrown up in your whip before. No one's thrown up in here. Oh, it's going to happen. Oh, do you have a lot of people that throw up in here? These are some of the topics that happen while I'm driving. I'm just to me, I'm like, no, I'll be like, nah, believe it or not, it ain't never happened. Like I'd be getting some messed up people in here and nobody has thrown up. But it happened. It happened last night. I felt like a proud father. <laughs> Yo, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. And then. Um, you know, dealing with that drug experience, having to borderline save a man's life. Man, this guy was wasted, was barely able to stand. Of course, it was my job to make sure he made it to his hotel safe. And it was hilarious. He sort of had like, I wouldn't say a mental breakdown, but he was borderline crying in the backseat saying that he was a cheap date. <laughs> Yo, man. And we're going to dive into that as well. Now, going on from here, it's definitely going to be, this, this is going to be like a freestyle video. I got like a topic plan that's pre-planned, but we'll see how I want to put that in there. But these are some of the things we're going to be going to. So let's get right into it. Starting off 
2023 brand new year for new year resolutions, expectations, a new phase of your life, and trying to start off with the highlights on a positive note. We're going to have a good year, an exciting year. We're going to live the best life ever. Stop the bullshit. <laughs> Stop the bullshit. There, there's this crazy expectation that once the number on your calendar changes, all of a sudden your life has to be on a whole entire different level than what it was not even 60 seconds ago. Not even 60 seconds. Like as soon as the 22 went to 23, it was like, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. I'm different. I'm different. All that negative stuff that was happening in 2022, which is essential to living, which is essential to living this thing, you know, go experiencing what we call life, the negatives. It don't exist no more. All right. We only dealing with the positive. We ain't trying to deal with none of the bullshit. Hey, but you know, having that kind of mindset, having these unrealistic expectations to having the new year be nothing but positive changes, nothing but growth, nothing. And not having anything to really set that foundation down is going to lead to some major disappointments, potentially some failures that could have been avoided and a lot of anxiety that could have been, you know, pushed to the side, you know, but take, push it to the side. You know what I'm saying? Push it to the side. So of course, over the past two weeks, since January 1st, new year, new me. And then throughout these, you know, throughout the, the days as they continue, that's when I start seeing the posts. Wow, 2023 just started and it's already off to a bad start. Wow, 2023 is here, still dealing with the same shit, still dealing with some blah, 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 blah. Not going to bore you with some of the stuff I've seen. And even going into this with some passengers that I will have, you know, what we riding around, whatever they're talking, we're chopping it up. It's just like, man, you know, I expected this year to be different. I expected 2023 to be different and it isn't. And it's just ruined. It's just, you know, it's ruining the whole feng shui. Is, is that the right way to say it? I'm trying to sound a little fancy, a little fancy over here, but it's just not making life fun. It's not making life happy. It's not, we're not, it's not working out, dog. <laughs> and of course, so don't, don't be that person that sets, your, that sets yourself up for failure by expecting your life to be better just because a number change. I've never, even though it's a bit hypocritical because I'd be like, oh, wow, new year. Let me text new year to people. Happy new year. Happy new years. Oh, you know, they're not supposed to put an S on the new year, right? Well, don't be that asshole, all right? I went out of my way to text you Happy New Year, except that it's all so far. You know, I dabble in that practice. It's sort of been, you know, itched into my existence, my DNA. But I, me, me, myself, and I don't go into the year like, oh, it's going to be different. Oh, like we're not going to experience anything bad that's going to be happening. For me, it's a matter of, all right, New Year. We, we sort of reorganize the way we place moments in our life. Like, you know, when we look back in 2016, 18, so on and so forth, now we're going to, you know, certain memories in 2023. But for me, it's like, hey, whatever comes, whatever bullshit comes my way, whatever positives come my way, whatever happens in this 2023 year, it just happens. It just happens. I, it's mind boggling to me, just the idea. I mean, I used to do it. 
I used to do it. And then I had to overcome that hurdle that if I'm not putting in no work to have any significant changes, if I'm not putting in the game plan to make quote unquote 2023 better than 2022, to be surprised when it goes to shit. Like, it's not like we supposed to have a new year be a constant, how would I say it? Constant elevation every year. It's not the way life works. It's not the way life works. So of course, most recently, it's been about a week. I don't know what it was this past week. It might have been because it was like a full moon. The moon was big as hell recently. People were going through the emotions, going through the emotions. But I've seen, you know, talking and seeing just like, oh man, it's just been terrible. I had to deal with this, had to deal with that. Not the way I wanted to start the new year. So on and so forth. It's just like, wow, y'all just do this to yourself. (laughs) Y'all just do this to yourself every year. And you complain about it. I'm hitting hitting myself in the mic. And you complain about it. I mean, hey, you know, all of us to a a certain degree, we got got to vent, we got to complain. You know, it's part of life. Not going to make it out here and say like, you can't complain. You can't feel a type of way. You can't feel negative. No, no, no. You know, it's, it's cool to complain. But you letting a number on the calendar delegate your life. And when things don't go your way because it's a different number and you mad, you're, you're having an issue with it. You need to restructure your way of thinking and understand that it ain't going to do anything for you. But with that 2023, hey, we here, right? It feels nice in Florida. It's been pretty crispy. It's been pretty cold. And it's like a love-hate relationship with it because I love wearing my hoodies. And right now we're in the part of this is a side tangent. We talk about the weather. I know how boring we're, t- we're taking it to the weather. But listen, as a Floridian, this is, this is like exciting. All right? Because like 80% of the time is hot. It's warm. There's thunderstorms, nine o'clock in the morning, sunny at 12. We got some light showers at three. Then it's going to be hot, warm, swampy, mosquitoes everywhere. Seven o'clock, it's going to feel beautiful. All of a sudden, we got a breeze. Birds are singing. And then we're going to go back at eight, and it's just going to feel like we're in a sauna. So to be experiencing this when the other 80% of America is freezing over and going through a blizzard, it's fascinating to me. I'm just like, wow, it feels great. Definitely cold. I'm over here. I could see my breath feeling like a, like a five-year-old kid again. And where am I going with this? I, I told y'all this was a side tangent. This is where I'm going with this. It just feels good to know like the start of 2023 is just like, oh, it just feels nice. It feels cold. Like even if, we go, if I'm going through some stuff, I'll remember it by, hey, I felt nice about it. It felt cool. <laughs> it felt cool. You know, hoodie weather, we staying, we staying cozy. Um, right now, for those of you that are going to be watching this visually, I'm not wearing the hoodie. I don't know what happened. I'm a, I'm a changed man. I don't need the hoodie no more. No, I just, I don't know where the hoodie went. Somewhere, somewhere. But getting a bit more organized here. New Year's resolutions in 2023. Stop that. Stop it. I mean, it's certain goals, but if the goal, if things don't go your way, don't beat yourself up. Going on to the next topic. It is, um, how, how would I, I got it. I got it. I got it. It's important for men to be able to express yourself in public and not be fearful about it. Now, what do I mean by that? Because, you know, it's like, what do you, what? Express yourself. If you're in a position, I had a conversation with a gentleman a couple of weeks back. He was going through a, a pretty 
intense breakup. Like when he gave me the deets, I was just sort of like, you know, while I'm processing this in my head, I'm like, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> like uh, some of that trauma is leaking in. I'm like, I don't even know what to say. I know what to say, but it was one of those like, all right, I'm really absorbing everything here. And it's important for men that are sad or depressed not to be afraid of going out and crying in public. That's where I wanted to get at because there's that anxiety of not feeling all the way there, of feeling heartbroken, being depressed, and, you know, potentially having a mental breakdown in public stops you from going out, from being social, from listening to the wind against the trees and loving nature. And to a certain degree, some of us enjoy that. I, I enjoy that. Do not let that stop you from going out. If you, if you, as a man right now, things aren't going well for you, you depress, heartbreak, things really just ain't going right. And you, you're at a point where you always feel like you, you want to cry or you're getting certain memories of someone out and you don't want to cry in public. Just go. Go out, experience what you want to experience. Like that idea, that, idea, that crystal clean, I want to say imagination of man, I would love to go out, have a great time, put this to the side and then hopefully not break down and cry. Like that idea you might have while you're going through something, instead of just keeping it up as a thought, as a wish, just do it. Just, I know Nike, Nike commercial over here, uh, but definitely don't let your anxiety and emotions hold you back from a good experience in fear of having, I, I, to a certain extent, if it's like a terrible mental breakdown, I don't think it's the best choice, but in fear of crying in public. Uh, definitely for men, crying in public is the last thing any of us want to do. Any of us is not the most masculine thing in the world. And I don't want to hear right now, any female that's hearing this like, oh my God, but it's so great seeing a man in public just being able to listen to a certain degree. If you feel that's cool, we, we, we don't want to deal with that. But hey, where I'm getting at is. You got to give yourself the power to be able to do that and still push on and enjoy your night. So if you're going to go out somewhere and you have a lot of emotions in this and for this specific case, for this specific moment, a heartbreak, a poor relationship, the way things ended and you having that anxiety stop you from going out, just go out, have some drinks and not even for the sake of like have some drinks and hey, go have sex with other people. No, but I mean, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. But just be, go out. Go out, take that first step. And if you happen to cry in public, you know, just sort of <laughs> thug it out, man. Let them tears drop. Eat your food, drink your drink, have some fun and just be able to understand that like, yo, you could cry out there. You could let it marinate. You could let the tears drop. But once it's done, you're out here. You're able to do it. You're able to push through. You're able to, you know, take control of this moment not necessarily control the emotions to, all right, that's it, no more. But it's just like, I'm not going to let these heavy emotions stop me from going out to what I want to do. I'm not going to let that fear, not going to let that anxiety box me in to where it takes me to a worse place. It's important. And I definitely wanted to speak, speak to the boys, the dogs, the men in here. Yeah, at any point right now, have been fearful going out somewhere and, you know, in fear of crying in public, embrace it to a certain degree. Embrace it because once you're able to over overcome that hurdle, it's just going to be better for you. Now it's just like, all right, I might feel terrible. Life is shit. Not everything is going well. But if I'm able to go somewhere without holding myself back, that's a step in the right direction. And that's a step closer to 
to a point in your life to where, hey, things won't be as bad. I'm not going to, and not to say, sit here and say, um, not to strive for happiness, but to be more progressive. If there's one thing I want anybody listening to this to do in 2023 is remove the word positive. From your, not completely out of your life, but for most of the things you say, I want to have a positive 2023. Stop that. I just want to live a positive life. I just remove that word, replace it with progressive. I want to be able to progress this year. I want to live a, a life this year that's progressive. I know, and listen, a bit hypocritical to my last point, but from there you remove that sort of gotta, that go happy positive, we can't be sad over here kind of idea. And it sort of accepts everything that comes into it. Any kind of emotion that you go through, it's just like, hey, you know what? I'm pretty depressed out here. I'm about to cry. This relationship was terrible, but we're going to keep it moving. We're going to keep it pushing because it does get better on the other side. At some point, you know, at some point, <laughs> I'm going to say you're like, hey, well, within two weeks, trust me, dog, solid. Nah, nah, but it, it does get better. Uh, so with that, this is going to be another topic and it's holiday relationships. They've been ending. They've been ending around this time of the year. And it's not something that I want to be like, hell yeah, I've got all these relationships out here that are getting destroyed over the holidays. I love it coming into 23, 2023, heartbroken. But it's a, it's a funny dynamic. It, it appears that throughout this time of the year, a lot of partners are introducing each other to their families. And whenever these interactions are occurring, it's sort of like, oh, wow, I'm seeing all the worst red flags in your family right now. And I see how it's, it's, it's linking up to you. I see how it's linking up to you. You know what that means? You know what this red, red flag means? I'm out. Like, yo, this, <laughs> it's real. It's real. I've seen it. You know, I was speaking to this one girl. And she was just explaining how, you know, for like six months or so, she was with her, her new man or whatever. And when it came time to the holiday season, she wasn't able to exactly pinpoint why things just started falling off. But based on what she was saying, it sounded like you wasn't rocking with the family. More or less, things were great when it came time to visit family, travel, you know, judgmental parents, people that were just straight assholes to her. And then, you know, noticing some of the things that, the mans would do, you know, the family had that in place. Man, we, we keeping it simple because it's a bit of a side tangent here. Let me, let me increase this volume before I hit my face on the mic again. I, I can't stand when I do that. So based on what she was saying, what I got out of it was you had a great time with this gentleman. You got introduced to the family, saw some <laughs> large red flags throughout the holidays. I mean, food was amazing. You eating all the good stuff, but it's just like, all right, you got that from your moms. You got that from your uncle. You gained this from your cousins. And if I'm expected to be with you for the rest of my life, I got to deal with these folks. You have a relationship over Christmas, New Year, fireworks, dazzling, spectacular, booming. January 2nd. Hey, I'm gonna be real with y'all. I, I just don't. I don't think we're working out. I don't think this is it. It's, it's not you. It's your family, man. That's some. I just been peeping, man. I feel like these breakups throughout these holidays. It's family issues, definitely. Yeah, meeting your family that was a that was a red flag. 
and we're done with that. <laughs> All right. So, so far we've recapped, you know, you know, sort of the ideology, the movement behind the new year going off from there. Men that are depressed, that don't want to go out, facing that anxiety of going out in fear of crying in public, overcoming that hurdle and embracing that challenge. From there, relationships over the holidays, it hasn't been, they haven't been sticking. I got I got I got to say it's because they, they meeting families that they're like, oh, we ain't, we ain't trying to be in this situation. And then from here, we're going to be going into a fun one. Drunk white girls love SZA. This was a very therapeutic moment for me in my life. Um, I was driving, I want to say, this was towards, you know, give, give you some references for my locals, for my locals that we hear in the O. You in the O. I'm going to give a little bit of reference that way you could get some of the scenery. I drive. Into, was it I drive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe it was I drive. Gringos Locos. Was it the Gringos Locos and I drive? Anyhow. Three white girls go into the whip. Of course, they're drunk. They're they talking um, whatever they experience inside a restaurant. Oh my God, he was so cute. He should have blah, blah, blah. Yo, when you got his number, great. Now I was slowly losing my brain cells in the front seat. I'm like, oh God, we're going to, it's going to be one of those. But this is where things take an interesting dynamic because even though they had, you know, an outstanding night, it's, it's going to get into a bit of a deep and intimate moment. So all three of these girls, from my knowledge of their conversations, have grown up together. I want to say here in the O. I want to say here in the O. They've been best friends, whatever, all their lives. And one of them is moving away. <laughs> I know that, that right there, it, it broke my heart just listening to it. She's moving away to go to college. You know, the, the usual stuff people go through, I guess. <laughs> I guess. And um, the other two girls were completely sad about it because just like, yo, you're my dog. You're my best friend. You're moving away from us. We've been together all our lives. And it sort of hit me in this moment that I was like a side character, a crucial side character to what I would like to say, like their moment in this life, like they're, they're in this moment that <laughs> I know moment, moment, moment. Uh, these three girls are in a moment that's going to change to a certain degree forever. You know, you're going to be moving out, not going to be as close. It's going to be sort of this childhood up until this point. Like we've been buddy, buddy, but now we got to make our own lives. And this was their last night out together, getting drunk at Gringos Locos. You know, we drink, we're having fun and things may never be the same. And, and through a side tangent here, you know, looking back throughout my life, it feels weird, those moments you've had with someone that you didn't expect it to be the last time you've chilled with them. Not because, they, you know, something terrible happened, but it's just like, that was, that was sort of like the breakoff point. So before I go back into the story, have you guys ever looked back at those moments where it was like the last time you genuinely spent with someone, like sitting down, chilling with them, and then after that, you guys just sort of, you know, went your separate ways? It isn't necessarily, I mean, it can, it can be, I guess, a bad limelight at times. Like, you know, things just weren't, you know, they were heading a different direction that I wasn't agreeing with. Yeah, yeah, that could happen. But I mean, like, you know, y'all still cool, but you just don't chill anymore. You don't go for those messages. And it's just like, I, we branched off into our own separate lives. It's, it just feels weird looking back at those moments where people are like, damn, I didn't expect that to be the last time, to be the last time that we talked. Like that was, that was the send-off. We, we can never really predict, predict the send-off. And 
those are one of those things in life that I appreciate the moment I had before the send off. Like, yo, even though we're, even though we're great, like we really don't got no animosity to each other. The fact that that was our last time, you know, just having, we're going out, having a good time, chopping it up. And now we're branched off our own inner circles. You know, it just feels weird. I don't know exactly how to put it, but to go back into it, these three white girls, whatever, not whatever, these three white girls, um, friendship most likely is going to end in a way where it could be pretty productive. We're just not as close, very emotional. And at this moment, I'm listening to Frank Ocean Channel Orange because you know how we're doing it out here. If I'm going to be driving around, I'm going to be listening to the regular radio stuff. We're listening to Frank Ocean. We're listening to Channel Orange. And we're going to be driving down. So, of course, my goal is to make sure they make it to their hotel alive. Good. And which is crazy, by the way, like for Uber drivers or just um, in general, I don't know, chauffeurs. I don't know. Anybody that drives people home or to work, we got their lives in their hands. Like that's their life in our hands. It's a civic duty. They start getting incredibly emotional because I'm listening to Frank Ocean. They're like, oh my God, you play Frank Ocean. All of them go in, all of them sort of sync their pitches together in a way that it just breaks like this interdimensional hole in the very fabric of space and time and like blow out the eardrums in my ears. It's terrible. It's like all three of them like just yelled at the same time. And I was like, I don't think I can make it out of here alive. But I did. And then eventually one of them was like, oh my God, can you play this song? It was on Blonde, White Ferrari. And I was just like, hey, as long as it ain't Nikes, I I could play anything from Blonde, as long as it ain't Nikes. For those of you that know, y'all know. And going off from there, you know, they were singing it. It was sad. They're going through the emotions. One of the girls is tearing up. And in this moment, I'm like, yo, I'm the side character to a very crucial and like a very crucial and impactful moment in their lives. I'm the side character, a very pivotal side character that, hey, maybe in the future, they're going to be mentioning me in their story. Like, yo, yeah, the Uber driver, he was playing Frank Ocean and the way everything went. So anyways, how how did we get to SZA? How did we get to SZA? From there, White Ferrari. From there was another Frank Ocean track. Then one of the girls played some country song that completely explained everything they were going through. And I was just like, wow, um, based on the themes and the lyricism, this is beautiful. They're crying in the back. They're having a good time. I'm in the front like, wow, I still, I still don't like country, <laughs> but I could see what it applies to them. And then they were like, all right, you choose, you choose. And I was just like, bet. Cause we ain't here to listen to this country stuff. I, we, we ain't going to sit here and listen to this country shit. I'm a simple man. I'm a simple man. I played Kill Bill by SZA because that's that shit right now. The second I played Kill Bill, they screeched and yelled at, 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 at this pitch that my windows broke in my whip. I, I was appalled. I was blown away. I was like, this shit, my car windows really fucked up right now. They were loud as hell. They were like, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I was like, like one of them, their voice just drops like five decibels, whatever it's called. It's like, yeah, good shit, bro. And I'm like, <laughs> it, that didn't happen. Maybe, maybe it didn't happen. But yo, they were ecstatic. It completely did a 180 on their mood. They're singing to the lyrics. Shit, I'm listening to the lyrics. I, I'm invested in what's going on. I'm like, oh my God, Bridget, you're really moving away forever. <laughs> no, <laughs> 
that, that's not their debut either. Again, we expect the names out here. But yo, they love Scissor Sing that word from where we kept going from there. And it was just a very, it was a very beautiful moment in how music is able to bring people together and just change the tides of emotion, change the moment. And really now in the future for them, anytime they listen to that track, it's like, yo, I was the side character in your life. Well, pivotal moment. And it's weird for me because I'm thinking in a way of like, damn, I'm the side character, but this life, I'm the main character. Well, sometimes, I don't know, whenever it comes to my son, sometimes I feel like he's the main character, I'm the side character. I'd be like, you know, you know what, you know what, big dog? You're right. You want some pretzels? I got you with these pretzels. And then to end it off, of course, uh, what was it? It was a track by Abel. Um, in your eyes? Was it in your eyes or something, something from after hours I played that just ended it off well? done deal they they got all the emotions out the way i had a beautiful story to share with you guys today and here we are <laughs> here we are man so three white girls love this, this is why they love scissor man kill bill it just changed everything like i guess they're they have some an animosity somewhere for their exes like yeah we're gonna kill him fuck him and i'm just like yeah me and my head i'm in a great relationship <laughs> oh yeah i cannot relate but if it got y'all hype, if it got y'all hype, yeah. Oh man. Now, uh, so throughout throughout my life, I've done Uber a couple years ago. Or was it Lyft? Either or potato potato, man. I've never had to deal with a drunk uh drunk passenger that threw up. And just what was it? I think was it last night? Yeah, I think it was last night. I finally had a drunk passenger that threw up. I know you, you guys are hearing this, like you're excited for that. Like, yo, you're excited for this. You got issues. Yo, let me, let me put it for you, man. So finally having a drunk passenger that threw up, it, it just removed this anxiety of anticipating this moment. Like, how will it come? Will it be me driving? And then just chunks blowing across my uh, gl- glass, covering, covering everything, get into a crazy car accident, do like 30 flips because somebody ate too many hot dogs or whatever and liquor. No, not, not to that extreme. And I, I, you know, maybe I might be taking it to the extreme, but you know, it's just like the idea of when will it happen? Will I be ready? Will I be willing to have the patience to tolerate it? And how will it go from there? So pick the guy up. I honestly, he didn't seem drunk at all. Shouts out, shouts out to him. Shouts out to him. He held it pretty well. We over here, eventually we leave Universal. We go into, I forgot the highway, but we we're at a red light. He's just like, yeah, I got to throw up. He opened the door. And I, as soon as I heard, I got to throw up. I just, if <laughs> I felt like a proud father, I'm like, I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. I just turned around like, Hell yeah, yeah, hell yeah. I forget to unlock the door. He's throwing up, turn on the emergency lights. Yeah, he told me, um, let me know if any cars are coming by or the light turns green. I'm over here with a big ass smile. <laughs> Looking back to make sure like no cars in us or whatever. And I'm just here excited. I'm like, oh my God, it's happening. And he's just like, bruh, bruh, blowing chunks out. And I'm over here like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. We right. We right. I'm chilling. It ain't in my whip. He ain't throwing up in my whip. This mic, man. I'm always hitting this mic. And I was like, he ain't throwing up in my whip. He throwing up outside. Like, I, it finally happened. Uh, and, you know, there's been some buildup throughout these past two weeks of people like, has anybody thrown up in your car? Hey, has anybody ever thrown up in here? 
Has anybody ever chunked projectiles from their mouth hurling at you at 30 miles per hour? No, 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 and no. And as much as I would have hated for that to happen, it's bound to happen. Comes with the game, right? So once he's throwing up... (laughs) Yo, once he's throwing up chunks outside of my car, like he turns back in and it's just tears rolling down his face. Clearly it was terrible. He's like obliterated. I could only imagine what he saw. Like he's over here throwing up like, oh God, it's probably terrible. He's like, I feel so much better. But this was me the entire time. I was like, Yo, for those of you that are watching this on YouTube, I was like, oh, yes, yes, finally. And he's like, a strut. Like, whoa, what? Finally. I'm like, yo, congratulations. You're the first person that I have picked up that has thrown up. I'm so happy for this. It finally happened. And he's definitely mind, bog- mind boggled. Light turns green and we're riding out. And he's just like, he himself is like, nobody's ever thrown up in here. And I'm like, no, you're the first guy. You're the first one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, he's like, well, I'm happy I didn't throw up in the car. I'm like, yo, me too. Like I'm, ha- I'm, you know, at some point it might happen, but God, that's a terrible fear to have. And one thing that was unfortunate about this <clears throat> You know, right here. Let me let me catch my breath. <sighs> Thank you for breathing with vivid nectar here on the a- ASMR portion of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So the one moment someone throws up, I don't got I don't got no sanitized wipes. I don't got the bags that I usually pack. I don't got nothing in here, and I'm just like, wow. The one night that shit goes down, I do not have the essentials. I do not have the essentials. I failed in that department. It hurt my soul. It genuinely hurt my soul. But hey, you know what they're talking about? We, we got it. We got it, baby. You threw up. You're feeling nice. I'm feeling nice. Like, I'm happy as I feel like a proud father. Like, oh, shit. Good, good shit, son. Driving out and about. And yeah, man, that was just, <laughs> that was just hilarious for me. And continuing on, because, yo, I got, I got Uber stories for days. For days, I've encountered some amazing people doing this. And by amazing, like some genuine, real conversations, like, about the world, about our personal lives, and not necessarily to take everything into depressing trauma and overcoming it. But, you know, being real with somebody or a stranger that you ain't never met and to be able to laugh, have a good time is something that I love about doing this. You know, of course, the money helps out. You know, the money, the money pretty good too. I want to be doing this shit. It wasn't for the money. But that aspect of it is to a certain extent therapeutic, honestly, honestly. And I don't know if I said it before. But at one point in my life, I did want to be a therapist. I did. I enjoy listening to people. And to a certain extent, I believe based, I don't know, not I don't know. Throughout my life, people have always came to me naturally to explain things in their life that I believe is just like, whoa, this is extremely personal. You would never catch me saying this to anybody else. Like, you would never catch me opening up to somebody about some, whatever going on in my life to this level. Like, I barely know you, dog. And you're telling me this stuff with, which like, you know, your wife, your family, or vice versa with like, other, other females and their husbands. And, you know, taken to that relationship or just anything, honestly, from childhood to they growing up. You would never catch me doing that. And it's just like, that's constantly been something in my life that I've noticed. People are real open to me. And I would like to say when I'm not in the, man, I hate people, man, I don't want to hear the people talk. Cause you know, everybody, every now and then we have those moments like, ugh, humans, humans, humans. 
that it's like, no, I actually enjoy, you know, speaking with other people in my species. So where, where am I heading with this? Yeah, I've just had people naturally do this throughout my entire life. And to, there was a certain point in time where I was just like, I would love to be a therapist. But then I looked at the amount of years to study, the pay rate, the payoff. And I was just like, wow. Yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I am good. In hindsight, now that I've experienced a couple of years, it doesn't, what is it, like six or eight years? Uh, again, for anybody that's a therapist listening to this, fact check me. Like DM me like, yo, you're wrong. But in hindsight, it doesn't seem as long, but it's still pretty, pretty long time. <laughs> it's still pretty long time, significant amount of time. And going on from here, you know, we got, we got some more stories. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it flowing. I've had some middle-aged Caucasian women, Disney Springs. It was three of them. All of them definitely more on the tipsy plus side of things. You know, they had, a, they got, they had their drinks. I think one of them still had a drink. And I'm cool with it, man. It is just part of the game. Go in my car, put your seatbelt on. If you don't drink your drink, drink your drink. I don't know. Can I get in trouble for that? I guess I can. That's open. Yeah, I can because that's open alcohol in the car. Yeah, I should have let them do that next time. I'll tell you. Was it, you know, I, for all I know, it could have been coffee. It could have been coffee. It could have been a drink. It just had ice in it. So I assume it's liquor. And for this portion of the podcast, it's going to be, you know, focusing on depending. I, I don't even know if I would say depending. Um, using pills to dictate your life is a very, it's a very weird thing to hear discuss. So these three older Caucasian uh, females, they were basically discussing, you know, whatever they did throughout Disney Springs, whatever the case is. Hey, great time, blah, blah, their kids. And they were just discussing how they all hated the idea of going back home to their husbands and families. And I was sort of like, all right, so this is real. This isn't like actual, like reality TV stuff where you see them like, oh, wow, I am. I feel like this is a genuine thing in our society. I am now inserting this into my memory bank. And then from throughout these conversations, they're talking about prescription drugs that they're they are being given to their doctors. And they've also explaining how their doctors, they, they, you know, they try to like talk to them like, yo, can you just give me this pill to get me super high? That way I don't got to deal with my family's BS. And they're basically plugging each other with each other's doctors in order to get certain prescriptions that they don't need. And then one of them was going like, yeah, I just love drinking wine. I pop my pills and it just makes life so much easier, much more bearable to deal when I got to go with my family. And I'm just like, wow, this all sounds so terrible, like absolutely jaw dropping, mind boggling, intoxicating, intoxicating. And throughout the entire time I'm listening to this conversation, I'm like, all of y'all sound like you could use a little bit of weed. But I think it's important to understand because we're going to throw a lesson in here. Somehow I'm going to put a very important lesson. And it's that you never know what people are going through and how they're handling their life. Because before they got into the whip and, you know, they literally, they're having a good time. They're having drinks. But as we progress, of course, they're talking about, you know, some of their pill addictions, the way they're handling family matters. And to me, of course, um, don't want to come up too much of an ignorant place to be like, wow, who could possibly do drugs? It is, it is unfortunately a very common thing in the world in general. But it was just like, you know, I wouldn't, Obviously, I would have never guessed. I don't know them. But to see it go from laughing to being cheerful to, all right, send me your doctor's information. That way I could take this prescription. I can't stand being with my family. I can't stand this. And their goal genuinely is to a certain degree get 
get fucked up off of this shit. And it was just a very unexpected 180 that had me like, all right. Don't ever. No, I'm not. Don't resist pills. For the love of God, resist pills and wine. Ain't nothing too crazy out of this conversation. Ain't nothing too crazy out of this one. And going in, listen, I got a couple a couple. I got, I got new stories a day. I got new stories every day. I, I got y'all with another one. So I had this gentleman, um, picked him up from some Irish pub, whatever the case is. And I spoke about it in the beginning, um, completely wasted, super polite and nice. And he's telling me how he's not supposed to be getting drunk or he'll get in trouble. So whatever, but he's in the backseat and he's talking, he's stuttering a bit. And then he gets upset because he's stuttering and he doesn't like that insecurity. And I'm over here like, oh man, you're speaking great. I completely understand everything you're saying. No, I don't. And my, my thing with drunk people, because I have plenty of drunk passengers, is not to let them dictate the conversation because then it's just going to spiral out of nowhere. I dictate the conversation. So even though, even though they might not have been something they necessarily were speaking about, I'll just bring up a topic. So for in this, this situation, for example, um, he was talking about how um, he's a light drinker. He's not able to drink so much. And then eventually he will spiral off into some stutters or some, some mutter that didn't make sense. And I'll be, I'll just continuously bring up the fact that it's like, Hey, but you're a light drinker. And it, it makes this connection. Like, Hey, you know, I'm a light drinker. You know, I'm fucked up and I really can't speak. And then we're just, I just consistently brought that back and forth. But it was to a point where he was so heavily intoxicated that whenever, you know, I'm going to the hotel, pushing 300, doing a fast and furious drift into the parking lot. I am not actually doing this. Okay, I just got to put that out there. It just makes the story sound so much better. There is no way this man is walking into the hotel lobby in one piece. He has no idea where. He even debated if we were going to the right hotel. And I was just like, all right, I can help you out. But there's only so much I could do. And this man is just wasted. Uh, Like if I drop him off at that hotel, he's passing out there. Ain't nobody going to save him. So for me to come out the car and be like, all right, let me make sure you make it inside your your hotel room safe. He over here on the couch, like, I don't need to wait for no one. I'm like, you're right. You know, you're right. You technically don't got to wait for no one, but this gentleman over here has the keys. And I feel that's pretty essential to um, getting to getting into where you want to go. You know what I'm saying? So from there, make it to his room safe. And what is the end off to this story? Cause I sort of briefly went through it. Yo, we really are responsible at times for anybody that, you know, be driving people around for the livelihood of somebody like the idea that you're so wasted that you're not able to get your get yourself to a place of safety it could potentially just be left off in the streets extremely dangerous i don't think there's any amounts of fun i will ever have in my life potentially from alcohol that could lead me to that situation oh but here's the more the entertaining part uh, he 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 eventually started breaking down in the car because his friend called him a cheap date. So for like 10 minutes straight, this man's in my backseat crying against the window, drunk as hell. Like, oh, he called me a cheap date because I don't, it's like I only drink two beers. And I was laughing so hard. <laughs> now, I wasn't laughing with him. I was laughing at him. All right. For those of you guys who are like, wow, that's so mean. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, we are breaking down in the back saying he's a cheap date. I was, I was in tears. I'm like, yo, this, this is hilarious right now. In more seriousness. And then of course, trying to shift it from like, um, you know, cause I don't, I don't want someone drunk 
crying depressed in my backseat. But that's, that's just going to ruin everything right now. It's like, oh, no, I got to deal with this. So for me, I would have to sort of do like a 180, but like, hey, but you got fucked up, but you had a great time. And he will be like, oh, no, 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 no. yeah, I did have a great time, man. You're a great guy. And I love that quick energy shift, being able to, being able to delegate the conversation and just shift the energy to a point where, you know, I was able to change your mood. I mean, it's, it's, it could be get pretty simple, easy or hard. I know I'm over here stuttering. Easy or hard to do it with someone that's intoxicated, but being able to do it and pull it off, right? It's a rivet. It's a riveting experience. Like, yeah, yeah, we doing that. We doing that. And yo, this was pretty good. I could cross a lot of these topics off finally in the notes. And it's funny because. I have these notes just to remember like, all right, I have these memories, make sure to speak about them because I'm constantly having new experiences every night. And where am I getting with this? So yeah, I'm able to, you know, sort of empty my brain now that way I can remember other things better. Now for this portion of the episode, we're going to be talking about music, baby. It's been a minute, you know, for the most part, this podcast was, I, I, I started it with music and I remember for a good bit, I was like, music isn't going to be the main topic. But listen, music ended up being the main topic. It just, eh, I love music, man. I love music. And, you know, it could be a good conversation. What are people listening to in Orlando based on my experience doing Uber? Because it's not too surprising. I'm gonna be real. At least a solid 30% of people in Orlando, they want to listen to Bad Bunny. And I love it because I also want to listen to Bad Bunny just like you want to listen to Bad Bunny. I want to listen to Bad Bunny. It's perfect. Un verano sin ti from start to finish. Say less. Say less. But for right now, I actually want to discuss a specific album by Abel, The Weeknd, Kissland. This is an album that, um, you know, for, for jokes, for jokes sake, I say that I hate, I pretend doesn't exist and I dislike. But in 2016, this, that was the year I genuinely started to appreciate the album more. But one thing that I've noticed has been, you know, sort of the split within the fan base of loving Kissland or hating it and Abel himself viewing Kissland a certain type of way. So for this next topic of the video, it's going to be discussing or the podcast episode. <clears throat> Why the weekend's Kissland is a failure. Now, listen, Kissland is the debut studio album by the weekend Abel Baby. It was released on September 10th, 2013. Abel's first major debut under Republic Records, branch of Universal. You know, get the little details in there. Fresh off the success of his three mixtapes, House of Balloons. Thursday and Echoes of Silence. Of course, there was a lot of hype. There was a lot of anticipation for his following project. And with Abel himself wanting to sign with a major that is willing to see his vision and magnify it, there was a lot of momentum heading onto this. And it's important to know that Abel decided to go with Republic instead of signing with OVO with Drake in order to really push his own career in the forefront. Excellent decision by him. We've seen what's happened with OVO over the past decade. Not the greatest track record. Now, Kissland Standard, uh, Standard Edition having 10 tracks, Deluxe adding two tracks, debuted on the number two spot on the Billboard 200 with 95,000 copies first week. 
Now, on the commercial side of things, it is slightly disappointing seeing as how it went number two when this was an album that was highly anticipated, something that Abel wanted to do with a major to magnify his presence, get, get that commercial, that mainstream momentum going on. And this isn't just something that I theorize. The Weeknd himself amidst Kiss Land's shortcoming. This was, a, I believe, an uh, interview with GQ, of course, I'll put the correct source on here. The question was asked, why did Kissland fall short? Was it the label people pushing and pulling you in different directions or what? Abel responding, of course, oh no, the exact opposite. Kissland is not a labels type of record, especially since it's the debut album. As a debut record, there was an expectation for it. I guess for me, it was a fourth album. I feel like I said everything I needed to say on Trilogy and that sound and whatever I wanted to put out into the universe, it created a genre and I made 30 of those fucking songs. I think by the time I got to Kissland, I was definitely emotionally tapped out. I did three albums in one year, plus I was working on Take Care 2 and that was all in 2011. So burnout was a major contributor to why The Weeknd's Kissland was a failure. I mentioned the three mixtapes, forgot to mention the compilation known as Trilogy, as well as throughout this time, 2011, Abel was working on Drake's Take Care. Four tracks from Take Care were originally Abel's songs, so a good piece of his work going on to Drake, as well as helping him out with other tracks. Now, um, burnout being overworked and continuous travel. The weekend sites that tour pay, played a major part of this. And I quote, then I went on tour. Jimmy Levine told me this and I'll never forget it. He goes, you never want to finish an album, let alone make an album on tour. The album, Kissland, I made it on tour. Kissland was a very tour driven album and you have to understand, I never left Toronto up to that point. I've been in Toronto my entire life. I've never been on a plane until I was 21 years old, end quote. And this is important. Uh, on top of burning out with the insane amount of music Abel was working on, the fact that up until, his, up until that point, all the, all the themes, the narratives, everything we've had came from Canada, came from that point of his life, was everything he's ever experienced and Kissland being made on tour across the world completely new to a point where he never left Toronto and going somewhere brand new definitely played a big impact. Now, Abel goes on to say that Kissland was, was, you know, in the middle ground. Quote, me not fully transitioning into full-on pop star yet, I was kind of in a middle ground and I feel like Kissland was that. It was a very honest album. It was a lot of me being stubborn of not letting a lot of input in. I had, I had hit writer's block and my friend Belly helped me out out of that. It was a lot of overcompensation to really say, I don't know, this is what I have, but I don't know what this is. And it became Kissland. So Kissland not having an identity beforehand and truly shifting with Abel himself, whatever he's experiencing, um, you know, post Toronto is changing, is brand new. So that's why Kissland on the commercial side of things didn't do as great because it wasn't like it had a clear identity and sound. And this is, of course, on a commercial side of things. When it comes to quality, it's up to you to decide how you feel about Kissland. Now, Abel, end quote, staying true to who he is. It reminded me that I'll never stop taking chances. It's definitely my most honest record. It was the most naked, most vulnerable, and it, and it 
is what it is. I think people were confused. It wasn't that it was bad music. I think people were just confused as much as I was confused. And I kind of like that. At least Kissland was a genuine thing. It might not have <clears throat> it might not have been what people expected. It might not have been great at that time, but that was who I was. And that's what all these albums are. That's who I am at the at that time. End quote. And that is why the weekend's Kissland is a failure to a certain extent in his eyes, having to deal with working nonstop throughout 2011, burning out, traveling to a whole new place in his life, a whole new chapter and everything was new to him. So no identity with the project and constantly going through a change, not fully transitioning into a full on pop star and still being in that middle ground throughout this process. And ultimately being his most honest record is what made Kissland the album that it is today. And with that, that's it. That's it right there, baby. Um, for those of you that are listening to this, Appreciate it on YouTube. Drop a like, subscribe. Y'all know what it is right here. I really wanted to, I really enjoyed this portion, uh, you know, this sort of kit. Why Kissland is a failure portion of this episode because it's one thing to appreciate an album. I think, damn, I was out of breath saying this. Hold on. Give me, give, give me like five seconds. I'm over here like sweating a bit. Headphones. I'm breathing. I'm right. Um, for the longest time, Kissland being an album that after all that work, you know, you thought, I he going he gonna boom with this. Of course, that was beauty behind the badness, but it does play a very crucial part in Abel's career and a very like I'm talking about it's an outlier as far as how things sound sonically to everything he's done throughout his career. But it was interesting seeing Abel view it the way he did, just because, you know, some people, some artists, they just strive, they just strive for the, well, it's my art, that's my integrity. But with this being something that is like, you know, there's a reason he signed to a major, like he wanted to go big and this album necessarily wasn't an album that made him go big, but it was the one that, you know, really was able to stay true to what it was, reflect what he was going through and be a genuine moment in his life, his career. I was like, that's who I was. Fun stuff, right? Fun stuff. And yo, so this was, we're going to go back. This was a conversation I had a couple of weeks ago. I haven't really spoken about this on here too much. And that's the YSL court case. I, I know I know some of y'all, if you tune in with the music, y'all been seeing it. Mad, mad people taking pleas. Gonna, of course, taking a plea, snitching everybody, you know, everybody else snitching. All right. I am not a street nigga. I'm not a street nigga. So when a rapper snitches, um, it's not going to break my heart. I'm not going to drop down to my knees and cries and pretend that it, it breaks my morals. It is what it is. But to me, the part that hurts is when it comes to the music side of things. Because if gonna is snitching this is gonna impact the collaborations he has with his music potentially <clears throat> i just want to put that out there potentially it could affect the collaborations and gonna is an artist who i feel shines the most is at his best when he's collaborating with another artist uh, throughout an entire solo gonna track it could be quite enjoyable it could be it could be a hit however it could at the same time be a little bit redundant, a little bit mundane. And at times when he isn't so animated himself rapping, 
that that's usually his shortcoming is just like, all right, we basically, we heard it all within the first 40 seconds. Now it's, ma- it's a matter of, you know, whether you're enjoying the track, it's something that you yourself enjoy, you know, that it's like, I'll, I'll keep listening to Gunna. But the fact that this could potentially change any, any future Gunna, Young Thug collaborations, Gunna, Lil Baby, Gunna, and Drake even is very, very disappointing. I felt whenever it came to that laid back, chilled, melodic, mundane, mundane style at times. Gunna was definitely an artist that went for it. And whenever we're going into something that could be a banger at times, where we're having something that's like Metro Boomin produced, something that's on some guitar strings, Gunna definitely has that energy and that influence to just code it in a very relaxed manner. And notice one thing I want to say here is notice how there was no argument over if Gunna snitched or not. This isn't, I, I genuinely don't believe it's that big of a deal as far as like, oh, did he, did he not? Let's look into the technicalities. Again, not a street nigga, but if you're telling the judge, if you're telling the judge, yes, ma'am, yes, YSL is a gang, it's as simple as he snitching. And unfortunately, it can impact the music. So we got how I got here is I had a conversation with a gentleman a couple of weeks back discussing this. He didn't view Gunna as a snitch. And that's cool because that isn't really the focus. But it's just sort of, you know, the future for his career artistically when it comes to the music. How is it going to go? What Gunna lacks. What Gunna lacks in himself is usually held up pretty well with features, but if we're not able to get that future feature, if we're not able to get the thud, Dre, so on and so forth, does his music take a hit? Does the quality take a hit? Will Gunna find it in himself to step up artistically to get to a point where it's just like, all right, if I don't have the features I necessarily need or want, that I could carry a track, an album by myself, regardless, regardless of who I got on here. That's something that I am anticipating, that I am excited for. And then, of course, fearful of, of potentially a fall off musically. Uh, Drip Season 4 being a Gunna album that I surprisingly revisit, go back to. You guys heard me a couple times throughout the years, especially in my Able Gunna Breakdown, how Gunna outsold Able. That, you know, the album, it got bangers. So being at such a high point in his career, having this YSL stuff drag him down, it's... It's very unfortunate, and we'll see how things pan out from here. Ooh, I'm sorry, was that a little too loud? So, with that, y'all, Vivid Nectar Podcast Episode 260. We wrapping it up with all the with all the topics we discussed throughout this episode. Thank you, thank you, of course, for tuning in throughout these past couple of weeks since Christmas. It's been a bit of a drought, but we're here. Definitely wanted to share a lot of these stories. Um, you know, just how you know, certain topics, and ultimately we gotta we gotta end it off with music because I love the music. For those of you that enjoy the one piece con- one piece content, I haven't been doing the chapter breakdowns. I've been caught up like I'm right now I'm waiting for 1072 like the fact that we got to wait a couple days is mind-boggling to me but that will be coming Vivian Nectar podcast episode 260 Alexander here I'm out catch you on the next one